What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to Relics.com. What's up, fools? Welcome back to Amigos. It's your host, Mike Fenoya. Hope you're doing great. I'm back from a kick-ass trip to San Francisco. Worked the Punchline, one of the best comedy rooms in the country. Um, what makes the best comedy room in the country? Uh, I don't know, a staff that kicks ass, history, great smart crowds, uh, lots of fans, just great people all around, man, and they Punchline really knows how to do it. Um, it's, it's always a pleasure to be there. I headlined Wednesday for the first time at the club and then, uh, worked the weekend with my pal, Big J. Real, real fun shows. It was cool to see all the Bonfire fans and Amigos fans and everybody out. It was super cool. Also, there's just so much history. Bill Graham, uh, you know, owned a lot of these buildings that are now used as clubs in San Fran and come to find out. I guess it used to be called the Old Waldorf, um, and Jerry Band played there in 79. It's pretty cool to know that like that's a place now where we can do comedy. Um, but it was a great time. Uh, as always, everyone, uh, if you're enjoying the pod, if you're uh, having a good time listening, head over to iTunes. Give us a rating, a five-star rating, a review. Uh, they go a long way. Um, enjoy all the shows here on the Osiris Network. We're doing a lot of cool stuff for you guys, and it's all for you. So show us the love by going and rating and reviewing. I had a fun time doing uh, our buddies, our cohorts on Osiris, uh, the Fear of a Craft Beer Planet podcast, uh, which they released the other day, and it was a real hoot. It's like almost three-hour-long podcast. So check it out. Uh, while out in San Francisco, I had the chance to, you know, this might probably have been out there a bunch. I've seen fish at shoreline and you know been out to do comedy a bunch of times now in san fran and never made it over to terrapin crossroads and it uh, really bugged me so before headed out there i reached out to my good pal david gans and mentioned that i would have liked to have interviewed graham lesh phil lesh's son graham you know him from the terrapin family band midnight north uh, a couple of the other projects that he's done. Uh, real, real cool dude. And I was just dying to talk to him. And Graham uh, and I got put in touch. And we set up the times. And after my shows Wednesday, before my show Thursday, I headed up to Terrapin Crossroads, which is about, I don't know, half hour to 40 minutes outside San Francisco. Um, manager of the club lent me his uh, truck and I drove over the Golden Gate Bridge for the first time, which was pretty crazy. Very glad no one jumped. Um, I heard that, that that bridge, two people a month jump off it, which is crazy shit. But um, 
made it out to Terrapin, pulled into the parking lot, big giant rainbow hanging over the building, uh, which was a real cool way to kind of, you know, see the place for the first time. And everyone was outside listening to the Terrapin Family Band soundtrack because that night they had a gig. Uh, after they did soundcheck, Graham and I sat down and had a great talk that you're going to hear in a minute. But before I get into the interview, I just want to talk about how cool of a place Terrapin Crossroads is. If no one's visited, definitely check it out if you're a deadhead. It's such a cool spot. They have this real neat space that's like their backyard is set up with a stage that backs up to the water. They have a giant stage, a like a lawn area. And then this like massive palm tree in the middle of the backyard. And then they've got an kind of indoor outdoor space. When I was there, a couple folks were decorating the Christmas tree Mm -hmm. under some like heating lamps and stuff like that. And then inside is just this gorgeous like wooden and almost like treehouse slash wedding venue style um, design with with tons of booths and super high ceilings and a giant bar and a stage inside the bar area that you'll hear Graham talk about and just amazing pictures all over the wall that I would imagine probably came from the Lesh family collection. You know, it's just like pictures from, you know, pig pen in the old days, the, you know, the guys dressed in funny psychedelic sixties gear and all the way up to like a white bearded Jerry, you know, laughing and smiling probably from the, you know, mid to, or, you know, early to mid nineties. So it, it was such an incredible uh, experience just to hang out, bounce around, check out everything before talking to Graham. Um, everyone there was super nice and uh, I, I really highly recommend it. I think, I feel like it, it's something where I'm definitely going to go back to, but if you're not, uh, if you never visited and you happen to be out in the Bay area, definitely, definitely give it a, uh, put it on your list of places to go. Uh, Graham, this is my first time meeting Graham, and uh, I was excited to chat with him. I didn't want to talk to him just about the Grateful Dead. I didn't want to, I felt like this was an interview that could go in like a million different directions, and I tried very hard to keep it honed in, but um, I had a lot of questions to ask. Mainly, what I was super interested to know about is like, what's it like to work with your dad? You know, what? how cool must it be to create and play songs that... You know, he was a part of writing, you write a song, you bring it in, you, you get to look across the stage and see your dad, you know, smiling at something you do on stage. It, it must be a really awesome experience. And to have this kind of, you know, musical playground built, their practice area and their, their large, like, playing room, because basically Terrapin Crossroads has two venues. They have the stage inside the bar, and then they have a really, really kick-ass space that's kind of like off the back of the kitchen and uh man it was so cool um but it was cool to chat with him graham's going to be when this podcast is released he's going to be on tour in the east coast with his band midnight north uh, up in burlington couple dates in connecticut heading down towards nashville um so definitely check out uh midnight north if they come to your town i had a really fun time talking with uh graham and i hope he had a good time talking with me and i hope you guys have a good time listening so Enjoy the interview. Um, again, it's at Amigos Pod on Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Fanoia, F-I-N-O-I-A, on Twitter, Instagram, and then go to MikeFanoia.com for upcoming dates. 
And check out everything Osiris at OsirisPod.com and at OsirisPod on social media. Thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you amigos later. Peace. Osiris. Graham. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for uh, taking time to chat with me. Yeah, thanks uh, here for on Amigos. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. This place is yeah. Welcome. <laughs> this is it's so. It, this is my first time uh, visiting Terrapin Crossroads, and uh, man, it's like you've got a playground built for it, yeah. It's, it's just unreal. It's for us. It's for. The other musicians, it's, you know, not not just my family, not just my bands, but all the musicians here, all the staff, all the people from Marin and the Bay Area and everyone who travels here. It's it's a really cool thing that uh, that has been built, and I can't take much credit for it, so <laughs> that's for sure. I'm, when you were, you were growing up, essentially watching this being, you know, built in the past what when did it uh, this is uh seven years old yeah um yeah seven years in uh in march and uh yeah i mean i we've lived nearby here and the marin music scene has always been a thing there's been a few venues but you know whenever that was 2012 2011 uh the sweetwater reopened with bob bob weir yep. as an investor this place opened with my folks um uh, you know, it's their their idea. We got the idea from East Coast situation, the Levon Helm, yeah. his barn and, and the meeting. ramble. Yeah, going and playing a couple rambles. Um, but yeah, this is it. Sort of exceeded all of our wildest expectations for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got here early enough. Um, yeah. I, I showed you a picture while while you guys were uh, a lot of new first things for me today. I drove over the Golden Gate Bridge. Nice. Uh, the the manager of um, the punchline comedy club let me borrow his uh truck with two hundred thousand miles on it and the brakes are a little bit like uh, you got a really pump <laughs> a lot on. of hills and he's yeah a lot of going. hills yeah. yep and uh he was like so once you go over the golden gate bridge and i kind of got like that little kid like holy shit like yeah, i felt yeah. like i was doing something wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um then i came in and pulled into the parking lot and there's this beautiful rainbow hanging right over the top of the place i mean this is just such a magical part of the country it's really cool and i mean you're lucky a a week ago it was the rains were just coming and it was uh you know it was clearing up all the crazy smoke from yeah from the the campfire the wildfires but uh so yeah two weeks ago we didn't go outside were you Um, affected was uh, it was it really close to like where you the fire wasn't last year's uh hit santa rosa which is pretty close to here but um both times the smoke came in and we didn't go outside much. So Jesus, yeah. man, we, we, we see that on the Northeast and we're like looking at, you know, uh, there's a, there's a podcast out there called sex, money, death. And mm-hmm. one of um, the interviews was with two different families that were victims of the fire. And one had the right insurance and like three months later was building a brand I new house. Can't even imagine yeah. having to navigate that whole situation. I, I mean, really, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, but, Luckily, you're here. Yes. Now we're very thankful for the rain yes. that has come uh, in the last week and given us a lot of it, and it cleared out the air and everything uh, feels a lot healthier. Yes, it absolutely all the water. does. So um, I'm catching you on a night where you guys have a, a gig yep. this evening. Um, yep. So tonight's the tonight's lineup uh, is uh, the yeah the Terrapin Family Band, Phil Esch and the Terrapin Family Band. So um, yeah, uh, that is 
me, my dad, Ross James, Alex Coford, Nathan Graham, Jason Crosby, and Elliot Peck, and I think I got everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Early on in my days writing for Relics Magazine, I got the chance to meet Jason Crosby. Yeah. Like I believe This was like 2000, okay. 2001, and uh, I think he was just a kid. Yeah. I was just a kid, and we were both <laughs> kind of like running around New York like – kind of going nuts like isn't this great like isn't life amazing it was a very like kind of Kerouac moment and uh it's so neat to see yeah you know, he moved out here a few years ago and we've just been jamming and hanging with him ever uh-huh. since great dude he's really amazing player ass. super yeah. super amazing now having the home turf having yeah. the uh knowing the room knowing the acoustics knowing the um can you talk a little bit about that, about how it's like, you know, this is this is your court, you know, this is like, yeah. your, you know, your home stadium in a way. Totally. Um, I mean, it's that was kind of the idea when it was built. Um, and it's all of the stages here. I mean, you were in the bar. Yeah, that's my band. Midnight North got our start and still play every Sunday that we're in town um, in on that bar stage for free for a couple hours each week and that's like that's our rehearsal you know that's how we keep everything well, I mean it's how we built up as a band and and we're not the only band to do that you know last night Alex Coford's band um which is called Colonel and the Mermaids played in the bar and I came down because I live a mile away and nice and saw that and you know Ross plays all the time like for all of us that stage has been sort of the the learning proving whatever you want to call it building ground yeah uh, for all of us, and then this stage that we're backstage at, right. uh, this is the great room, and this is yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing. It's this is the where we aim for. Yeah, you know? um, we play here with my dad a lot um, in different configurations. The Terrapin Family Band plays out and about more often than than uh, than other Phil and Friends bands. But, yeah, you know, he'll have some of us plus whoever's in town. Uh, in a fill and friends lineup yeah. pretty often as well. Um, and yeah, this, I mean, this room, it, my dad and all the experts made it sound great. You know, like <laughs> any, any, you know, a sit down acoustic show sounds great. Holly bowling will come in and play solo grand piano. And it sounds Isn't she incredible. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's the best. And then when we play a, rock, a loud rock show, it still sounds really good, which not a lot of rooms have that. And that's, you know, how they built it and how the staff, yeah runs it and all the sound guys are kick-ass and the whole thing so. well even like when you walk in the room it almost kind of has that sort of humidor kind of vibe to yeah. it where it's like you know it keeps condensed nice i was out in the parking lot while you guys were were jamming there for a minute and yep. i was like oh this is really kick-ass yeah know? yeah and it's, it's uh, a it's a good it's a good spot it's a good feeling the whole yeah the whole venue the whole yeah, it's home, like yeah. like you were saying for us. So, so you mentioned like Levon Helms rambles, and yeah. and it was kind of based off that. Now Levon had quite a few guests pop in and hang yeah. out and stuff. Do you find that that's the same vibe here? Or are you having quite you know? Yeah, I mean, this is a event. It's an open to the public venue, so people come through and book their tours here, which you know we're really happy about because we like when all our friends come to town. Like tomorrow, Nikki Bloom's playing in this room, and it just sold out wow I'm really excited so we'll come sit in with her but you know if if she was just in town she would sit in with us you know yeah that kind of thing so that happens all the time um yeah i mean the the bar scene started with you know jackie green would be in town and would jam with ross and my dad you know yeah. stuff like that just on a tuesday 
there wasn't even a stage. It was just a section of the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, in the bar. And it was, you put throw up a couple speakers and a couple acoustic guitars, and it's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's built into more than that. But it's those same folks. They're still all our family and friends. So yeah. we have them come whenever they, That's awesome, they feel man. like it. Yeah. yeah. It's such a welcomed atmosphere. Like, I've only been here, you know, about a half hour. Yeah. And it just yeah. feels so amazing. I was listening to an interview today uh, with Jeff Tweedy of Wilco and he's starting to play, you know, with his son yeah, and they're yeah. going out on the road and all that. And I, uh, I kind of wanted to get your, you know, just what, like, when did you and, and your dad start initially playing? Was it something that you grew up with an instrument in your hand or did you kind of find well, it on your own? Or I, I more found it on my own. We took, my brother and I took, uh, piano lessons. Um, I've told this a decent amount, but yeah. you know, we, Basically, it was like when we started school, we started piano lessons simultaneously. Just like this is another part of your education that yep. you have to do. And if you like it, great. If if not, you still have to learn it. <laughs> you know, it's, yep. like, it's like English class or, or math or something. And uh, I didn't really take to the piano, but I did take to guitar later. I quit piano at some point. And, um, but somehow all the music theory from piano stuck and um, I was able to pick up guitar and um yeah so that was you know that it was it was all self-taught after that you know on guitar and just playing with people friends and having little high school bands and little college bands and one thing leads to another and i'm doing it a lot yeah um and then uh yeah we with my dad we you know my brother and i would would do like little one-offs with him and one of those was at levon's barn and that you know, we met Amy Helm and Levon was still around and we knew Larry Campbell and Teresa Williams who were in his band. They had been in Phil and Friends. And so it was sort of a family vibe and that led us to create this Terrapin Crossroads. And then that was when really, you know, um, we had a place and I was able to put the time in here because I had, you know, the best thing you can do is just play and play and play and play. I'm sure it's similar for comedy. You just got to get up in front of people. You can practice in front of a mirror in front of you know in a garage with your friends as long as possible but it's not going to be the same so for us for my band for midnight north and for playing with my dad just like getting up and doing it as much as possible is is what's developed all of us into the players we are and you know hopefully on a trajectory to get even better so that's sort of yeah been it's been in the last 10 years or so that that we've it's been more than a hobby. Right. Yeah. You know? And it, and it helps to have a gym where you yeah, can practice exactly. free throws exactly. all night. Um, <laughs> exactly. what now, now you're thir- was it 32. I'm about to be 32. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't mean to push. No, it's the, okay. Uh, it's in a week. So. Oh, well happier. Well, this will come <laughs> out on, uh, on, I'm going to, it's going to be out next, this Wednesday, cool. that Wednesday. So I don't know if that's your birthday. Uh, no Thursday, Thursday, right yeah. on. Oh, cool. Um, what did you grow up listening to? Like, what was your like era? I mean, that was what you were. So you were, I'm 39. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, uh, the Nirvana sort of grunge. Yeah. I, I'm sort of missed that. I cut the tail end of that. I, I later on got into like Soundgarden and Chris Cornell and stuff. What like a beautiful that, voice. But, huh? Uh, Isn't, I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a real, uh, you, you see, you think about some of these musicians. Hi, Alex. Hey, buddy. This is Mike. This is Alex. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> he w- it's Alex Coford. 
just made a little impromptu appearance. <laughs> he could come and now there's up. Jason Crosby making another impromptu appearance. How you doing, man? Do you remember me? Yeah. We met way like in a, oh, two lifetimes ago. Way, yeah. yeah, back in New York City at uh, the Knitting Factory for a Relics event. That's right. And uh, I just started writing for them, and, and you were playing there. And Zen Tricksters, a whole bunch of like five bands. And we hung out and had such a great night. The code at the bar to get a free drink was for Eddie Vedder. So if you wanted a drink, you went, let me get two Jack and Cokes for Eddie Vedder. And all these <laughs> girls were like, Eddie Vedder's here? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to bring him drinks. You want to meet him? And I just made them follow me around the room like the whole night. But yeah, we were just uh, chatting about you. It's great to see yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about. Chris no, Cornell. Chris Cornell, man. Eddie Vedder. There we go. Yeah, there's same a connection. Thing. Yeah, totally. There, there's some, you know, there's some musicians that it's just like, you know, when they, I don't know, take their own life or move on or whatever. It's just this like, God damn it. Like, I, I, I wish I gave it more when I had the chance. Right. I passed up opportunities to see him live. Right, and, right. You know. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I did get to see Audio Slave at the the Warfield here, actually. So, oh, okay. Um, but, I mean... Obviously, now you think, yeah, should have gone to all the rest of the tours, I know, you know? Right? Yeah. Um, In New York, he used to do some solo acoustic stuff. Uh, I would have loved to that, see that. I yeah. Loved, I loved when I he get did to that. catch, you know, I, thanks to YouTube and all that shit. Yeah. You can check yeah. it out now. But what were you listening to in high school? Like, what was your. I, it, I got into like a Metallica phase. I got into, you know, sort of more hard rock phases. I, but then I'd listen to like, I love Jeff Buckley. And then, like, end of high school, beginning of college, I listened to a ton of Ryan Adams and then just, like, everything that Ryan Adams is into, which is, like, Graham Parsons and Neil Young and Tom Waits and stuff like that. And, you know, at the same time, you know, I'd I'd grown up going to dead concerts, but, like, a lot of first sets and Garcia died when I was eight. So I didn't, you know, it didn't sink in. It's not like what I was learning from. But in high school, I'd go out with Phil Eschen friends, and the band at that time was The Q, uh, which the Phil Esch Quintet, they call yep. it the Q. Um, you know, my dad with John Mello, Rob Baracco, uh, Warren Haynes and Jimmy Herring. And Warren and Jimmy are from the Allman Brothers family. Yep. And so that sort of style of playing Grateful Dead music, bringing all the Allman Brothers influences, was really what I learned Grateful Dead music from. Uh, okay. More than the actual Grateful Dead. You know, later I'd go back and listen to plenty and, you know, I'd it'd been around me my whole life. But when I'm like picking up a guitar and learning stuff and like being a high schooler, listening to music and listening to Grateful Dead songs, it's like, it's filling friends with Warren and Jimmy. It's not Bob and Jerry. Right. It's Warren and Jimmy, which was I think different and unique. And I really appreciate that. And it got me into the Allman brothers too. And so, you know, I, other than that part of the experience, which I got to go on tour with, these amazing musicians and my family has, has a pretty unique situation. It was your typical musical education between I was in high school from 01 to 05, you know, yeah. so like Blink 182 yeah, and I mean, all that, that garbage. Was for sure. But you know, like yeah. everyone goes through their Zeppelin phase when of they're 14, cor- right? You know, like, yeah, yeah. It's like 14 to 16. You just lock yourself in a room and like crank up Zeppelin and you think you've just, you know, found the secret to the universe. And that's <laughs> literally everyone's had that. Absolutely. So I went through that phase and yeah. uh, you know, on vinyl, was it a vinyl? Uh, I didn't know. It was the beginning of like Napster MP3s and oh, stuff like right. that. So it was like, I got my device yeah. It can hold however many songs and I'm, you know, I've got some like 
I don't know. That was an interesting time for me being vaguely techie and like leaning into that sort of thing where getting, you know, I didn't, I didn't think of it as, as illegal or stealing anything. Cause most of what I was downloading was live shows where people allowed right. you know, to download them. And so I was, you know, there were like old live Zeppelin shows, you know, and right. there were old, I mean, if I'm getting into government mule and, you know, maybe Metallica's coming out with a new album and they started playing some songs live that hadn't come out yet or something like that. I yeah. Don't, I can't think of a specific example. Sure. Well, it's funny, Metallica like and Napster, that. which was like the yeah, war. Right. Yeah, and so totally. I was like, well, I want to support this band that I like and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. You know, yeah. like, I want to support them. But then again, like I'm not... I'm not downloading the things that they're mad about. Right. You know, I'm downloading other things. So just using this, I don't know. It was an interesting time. It so really was. It wasn't vinyl for me. It was, no. It was like weird MP3 players, <laughs> you know, with 100 yeah. megabytes of stuff. My, I've told this story a million times on the podcast, but my old man left crates of records and there was yeah. like the stack I could listen to and the stack I couldn't. <laughs> and the dead was in the one I couldn't. So it was very interesting. When when everyone went to bed, I would kind of like tiptoe into yeah, like this yeah. creaky room and throw on the cans and That's funny. listen to you know the Grateful Dead and and it early very early on hit me as like this some something that was more than any other music. It was some like I I felt like I heard it before in another time in another place and totally and that was something to me that yeah I, I wanted to invest my whole being into learning more and more about what the life that was the Grateful Dead. Right. And now I, you know, looking back at that, like I sort of had the same thought. It was just that the songs were timeless because it wasn't the Grateful Dead playing it, though my dad was in both bands. But what I was mostly listening to was other people playing the same songs, but the songs were just as timeless. And that's what I think is important, especially now. So many people cover the Grateful Dead that, which you know awesome that's great isn't it unreal music is going to be played forever you know it's amazing so i mean you go to any city like like if we took out a map right now and like austin texas (laughs) eugene denver there's probably five dead cover bands playing right now and it's and it's all we all had our i grew up with shakedown street was the new haven connecticut yeah um dead cover band band. and we had fake jerry that was like this dude who had like he almost like almost like permed his like aquanetted (laughs) up his white hair and it's fucking crazy yeah but uh and it's it's cool to to see that the music's always being played and now so many people are doing it differently and or super faithfully to or super faithfully to one era it's it's crazy all the different things hi nathan hey man what's happening mike nathan nathan Uh, mike nice to meet you brother Right on. I appreciate it. Um, do you have any – you said eight, you were eight when Jerry yeah. passed. You know? Do you have any, like, any recollection of him or any memory of, like, you know? I mean, very little. Yeah. Um, and you're never sure what's, like – you know, you'll see a photo and it creates a memory that wasn't actually – you know, something of like course. that. Of course, yeah. Uh, memory's tricky, but, you know, little things. Yeah. Yeah, he was – you know, like an uncle, like my dad's friend. Sure. You know, there were people on both sides of my family that are, that were like that, you know, and they all blended together. Yeah. Um, my dad's an only child, so I had actual uncles on my mom's side and aunts and, you know, cousins and stuff. And then there was the Grateful Dead family. It just, you know, yeah. that was what my dad did. That's what life know? was. Yeah. yeah. What was it like as a kid being backstage? Like, it, it with just, I, and I don't even mean like the, you know, like just the grandness of it all. Like I, I go back to places sometimes now that I was when I was a child, even if it's like a town fair 
and then like the clowns looked huge and the rides looked right. enormous. And now they're, they're and now you're going. It's like Jesus. I'm taller than all these things. Like, do you, like what was it like being a child? See, I, I think at, at that grand level because they were at the big. They were totally. I mean, stadiums. the biggest they were. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that sunk in. I think some things that were you know, normal sized when you're a kid look bigger, but the things that are actually big for adults don't seem as big. Right. You know, for yeah. Kids. So yeah. it was like, it, you know, and we were running around, we, you know, we don't get little kids don't get the, like the importance of it or the history of it or all, you know, any of that, that now I can look back and see. And really it hit me when they did the 50th shows, the fairly well shows that like actually, <laughs> yeah you know, like, oh, this is huge. You know, like, this is 20 years after Jerry Garcia died, and they can still do this. Isn't it unreal? Know? I was at those in, yeah. in Chicago, not here. Yeah. But my God, um, what a beautiful... Right, and it was super cool and, you know, super special for all of us, but that was really when I figured out the scale of it. I It wasn't a thing when I was... A younger yeah. i didn't i didn't get it for it's sure. sort of like you, you know we would hang out in the kids room you know there, there was, was literally a, kid, yeah. a kids room oh okay and it would be like wavy gravy anywhere. hanging out you know we could it. be anywhere <laughs> and then when i was a teenager phil and friends isn't playing stadiums but they're playing big spots and um we go out with the dead or the other one and we're you know teenagers we just want to play xbox you know <laughs> like, <laughs> you didn't it's really like care. it's like willie nelson's playing it's like eh, he'll it. be there tomorrow you know <laughs> <laughs> what's which new? like now i'm like what am i what are you doing you yeah know? that's chris cornell syndrome yeah right? exactly yeah. but, but willie's still here willie's so still here knock on wood i mean what all, a healthy so. happy dude too, yeah you know uh, he's do best. you get the chance to play do you know have you gotten to know him pretty well i mean i know that willie yeah. no not really um my dad just did a festival that he did yeah, uh, yeah. the outlaw festival in LA and, uh, which I is could, so kick I couldn't ass. make it. I was out of town. Um, but yeah, I mean, our families know each other yeah. and stuff like that. Well, so. midnight North has a, a very, like uh, a country. Yeah. Like taste to it. And, and, you know, I'm incredibly, uh, anti new country that, that, that Jimmy no, I, Buffett I kind of country. Yeah, yeah. But then you see like midnight North and you see guys like Sturgill yeah, and yeah. some of these other, like the, the, the Lucas brother, you know, like it, it, it's really kind of incredible that like it's going full circle back to the old days of old yeah, with I country. So. You I, know? Yeah. I mean, new country. I mean, there's so many great songwriters working in Nashville. Some of them not working in the, the manner that I think would best suit their talents, but right. like, there's so much talent in Nashville that there, I find, you know, good stuff in the pop country. Do you? Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's rarely in the performances, but all the players are amazing and all the writers are great, you know, so. Nashville is um, such an amazing space like here yeah. in the sense that, you know, I was doing a, the Wild West Comedy Fest out there yeah. and I'm hanging out at this bar bootleggers, which was like where we had our like kind of backstage thing. Yeah. And there's this beautiful, I mean, just drop dead gorgeous waitress. And and I don't mean this anything against her, but you know it's kind of like a dime a dozen there. It's like all these gorgeous well, we girls joke, that can sing. My, my wife's uh, family all lives in near Nashville, uh, so all my in- you know we go for holidays and stuff, and we joke that like whenever it's a birthday, it's like the best sung happy birthday you've ever heard. You know, like stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. So it's true. like true. Yeah. Like we go and someone's just playing acoustic guitar and like a Chevy's, and it's like you know it's the best the- music you've ever, you know like yeah. these great singers and songwriters and performers and. You know that's that's awesome and it's it's amazing, but like it's not the industry I'd go into like musically. Yeah, but I do love that you know the Jason Isbells, the 
Sturgill Simpsons and Chris Stapleton's and yeah, it's cool that you know Amanda Shires and Casey Musgraves and like there's all these amazing Casey Musgraves. Is, is I love I that. Mean, I've been really really listening to that new record of hers it's, it's really good it's really yeah. phenomenal and, and and i don't know if you heard any um interviews with her about like how she she had an experience where she dropped acid and then uh, that slow burn song slow yeah, burn yeah. yeah that's a great song her voice um, is just i mean it sends tingles right yeah up your spine, and just the you know? songwriting is is really really cool but she's you know pretty poppy and but it's like you know like sure sure there's there's shades of everything in that world but i and it's for just Midnight like any North, world. we think of ourselves as a rock band yes. or americana whatever you know you want to think we think we can jam but we're not a jam band at all we right. like writing songs you know yes. more than it seems like a lot of jam bands do but we can yeah. you know we all come from that world and then you know with the countryside we started the band kind of just singing Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou songs so okay like that's you know an old school version of like that country rock crossover yeah you know, totally like, the 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 um yeah i don't know he was in the birds which you know did jam stuff with crosby too you know yeah. like super psychedelic stuff too and then he was hanging out with Keith Richards and the rock and roll stuff but he was so country and you know, Emmy Lou is Emmy Lou. She's, but, yeah. you know, she's can't touch it. Dabbled in every genre, basically, right. related to rock and country. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's almost kind of like that. You know, like I call it like Jimmy Buffett country, where it's almost kind of like just made for a tailgate or made yeah, for. It's yeah. kind of that easy. Totally, Zappa would call it easy teenage New York version. You yeah. know, or it's just very no, I, like di- I get it, but like then again, like every once in a while, I'm out of. It's a it's foot like stomping. The perfectly right music for a moment yeah you totally know? you're right i'm you're very right. rarely in that moment but i'm not gonna like <laughs> yeah, right. yeah yeah when it, if you buy a new pickup truck and the sunshine yeah, and, and crack you, a mountain dew yeah, you're like some, perfect song <laughs> <laughs> exactly and there's you know there's great players and great singers and great writers and that whole thing absolutely so. what's up everyone we got the we got the hang <laughs> nice yeah so and, and you're heading uh you guys are going east yes, you're going, going to my, east. my stomping grounds yeah uh i'm gonna get in the van negative two days ago from when this airs right right uh, on doing so the drive on, on monday yeah we'll drive out so we have the the big van with us and with all the gear and um yeah first shows on the 6th december 6th at higher ground in in burlington and have you you've been you've been up there before? Yeah, so we made friends with uh, it's actually our management Midnight North Management's based there too. Um, but yeah, we made friends with this band Twiddle of course, from up there. Yeah. Um, so Brooke, their drummer, is going to open that show at Higher Ground as a singer songwriter uh, on guitar, which will be cool. He's a great yeah. singer as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Brooke Jordan, and yeah, we. So we sort of we've gone up there. We played their festival. It's called Tumble Down on the Waterfront. Yep. Uh, two years running now. Oh, cool, cool. And, Those uh, guys are great, huh? Yeah, it's really cool. We played Nectar's a couple times. It's a, it's a really cool town. I found out, and I'm sure you know this. It's a sister town to Boulder. Yes, the architect yeah. that did Pearl Street. Yeah. It also did so Church Street. I'm just. I found that out like the second time I was in Burlington. I, was, I had just been in Boulder, and I was like, this is so familiar and someone described that to me i was like oh it makes perfect sense it's like you have to get the exact same vibe it's two of my favorite towns so it really yeah yeah. like i moved so i grew up in connecticut and i moved out to denver yeah and it was either denver or burlington yeah and work just was i mean denver is fucking it's unbelievable in fact the thing that 
drew that drew me was uh, uh, there's a couple of brothers from Brooklyn that moved out to Denver and opened up a whole bunch of Grateful Dead bars. Oh yeah, and Sancho's Broken Arrow. Okay, happened to be like the first one I went to, and I was like, I'm moving here yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Burlington's an unbelievable place, and and um, you're heading into Connecticut. And you're going to be yeah. We'll do two nights at Stage One at uh, Fairfield. Fairfield Theater Company, uh, the FTC. Um, which yeah, it's another spot we've done. We've done a, a lot of places near there. We did Garcia's and the Portchester. Yep. We've played the Cap, um, and we used to do the acoustic at Bridgeport all the time. But uh, yeah, this time we got the opportunity to do two nights at at, at Stage One and really excited for that do you find any difference between like a a west coast crowd and east coast crowd when you're playing you know there there were some stories about the old days when the Fillmore Uh, east a little bit but i mean we're lucky with midnight north we've kind of built up more of a you know a cool little fan base on the in the northeast just in general um you know we got a little thing in in san francisco here too in the bay area but other than that our stronghold is in the northeast so yeah uh, that's just always special. I don't know how, you know, if, you know, you have the same number of people, if there's a difference, <laughs> I don't know, there's a little difference, but we just find it's different. Every, every city's a little, sure. A little sure. unique. Are you hitting Manhattan when you go into, no, we'll stay in Manhattan, but we, uh, now is that by choice? Do you just not feel like playing in New York city? It just or didn't it... work with this yeah. one. We, we, we play like Brooklyn bowl and, and yeah. a lot of those, I guess that's not Manhattan, but you no, know, it's we've, close enough. we've done yeah. Mercury lounge. We've done Manhattan yep. uh, before, but, uh, you know, it just sure. didn't work, work um, out this time. I wanted to ask you about um, when, when your dad had the liver issues. Yeah. Um, as a kid, like, and mm-hmm. as someone who, you know, like, I envy the fact that you guys get the chance to work together. I'm kind of yeah. just becoming friends with my dad. Okay. So it's kind of neat to – I always look at father and son, like, teams as, like, it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. You know He's uh, asking me, like, a really serious <laughs> question, you guys. And – <laughs> oh, see, look at that and answer. The rest of my band is showing us cat photos. I don't mean to ask a serious question, but no, I always no, no, wondered no, that. It's fine. You know, it's it's like their timing was funny. We all kind of like, I, I guess. I was I was pretty young. Yeah. You know, the the serious answer is I was pretty young. So I it didn't really ever occur to me that anything bad would happen, you know, sure. lasting, you know, that he would How old were you when everything was I was kinda, 12. You were 11, 12. Well, I was 11 when he got sick and 12 when he finally had the the transplant yeah um but you know it's like a three-month thing yeah. you know and then once he had it you know it was he was back at it real quickly you yeah. know he was playing shows for five months later so that's unreal um like he was walking that day after the surgery which is crazy but they want you to be moving sure after that but it's you know details like that that i find out later and it's like this was actually really serious but you know you're an 11 12 year old kid like, and you're and you're trying you know they're, they're obviously really trying, to, trying to shelter you and you know from i that mean whole. They, they didn't lie to us but yeah i don't know it was yeah it was just one of those everybody of those was pulling. things that since it worked out yeah obviously <laughs> everything worked out <laughs> perfectly. Like, yeah totally. my memories of it are probably happier than Good. It was stressful for for, yeah. for everyone while I was there. You know? Nice. What's it like when you're when you're able to look across the stage and see see your pops? You know, and and you get into that kind of communicating without words. It's awesome. Um, not a lot of people get to do that. No, right? it's not. And you know, it's not just that he's my dad, but that he's he's him too. And we're yeah. all lucky to be sharing a stage with him. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um, it's whether it's him or anybody, you know. Of course. Um, yeah. 
just like being able to get into that space as musicians as a band is really cool and he, he honestly makes it easier for us to do that yeah. than not you know than when i'm in a band that he's not in um but yeah i mean it's it's just special to hang out with my family that's whenever yeah, it is you it's know, super so. neat that that you yeah. have that it's yeah even, i don't know if you it's very cool to wrap up or, no no I'm oh, just, okay right on um so are you you have a family of your own now or uh yeah i'm i'm married and we've got a dog but, you have a dog yeah but Fantastic. you know we've got my my brother's got a five-year-old almost five-year-old um and you know my my wife's family's growing all the time so where basically wherever we go there's there's family around so do you bring your do you do you bring them out on the road with you ever do you travel with the dog and and Um, the, the wife I just uh, my wife comes all the time, uh, whenever she can. Nice. Uh, she's got a flexible job, so nice makes it very, very nice. Um, and the dog does not come very often. What she's, kind of dog? We have a Shiba Inu. Oh, okay. So those are cool, man. They're really cool, but they're like weird little cat dogs. Yeah, they totally you are. Know, like, they like their home. Yeah, yeah, she's always silently judging us <laughs> and very standoffish but actually loves us and she would <laughs> she would not <laughs> like the van let's just put it that way i'm going up to burlington for new year's eve to do shows yeah, cool. at the vermont comedy club and uh nate hartswick the owner is jen hartswick's yeah. brother yeah and they all kind of worked out really neat the whole I full circle jen. jen's amazing she's the best yeah her voice is so yeah unreal i, and I always forget she's from burlington because yeah i think of her as being a Nashville person, because I think that's right. where she's based now. I think but. she's, a, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the hotel where the club, it's right on the green in, in Burlington. Yeah. And it was uh, pet unfriendly. So it's incredible how easily you can register a dog now, like, as a service animal. Yep. Like, I just went to, like, some bullshit website and bought a yep. red vest. And now it's like, now I feel like I'm part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, you hear about these people that try to bring, like, a service falcon onto a fucking flight or whatever. And it's like. Yeah, no, I feel like like come on, <laughs> dogs and cats like just be chill. It's just, cool. It's cool, man. Like, you know, anything beyond that, like I get it. Maybe they're special for you, but like you should have to have like a little bit extra. <sighs> there like, was a lady. I don't know if you saw the picture, but it was like uh, she's in a wheelchair, like giving like a kiss, like the devil horns. And she had a service squirrel, and they kicked her off the fucking. It's like you're yeah. out of your mind. I was on a I was flying a here. Squirrel though, come on, like what, like. How much space does a squirrel take up? Come I on. know. Let you the know? squirrel. Yeah, just put it in the overhead. Free the squirrel. Um, do you like going out on the road? Are you? Do you enjoy? Do. Are you a homebody? Or are I, you a- I like going out on the road. I yeah. mean, it depends. Uh, but you know, the way we tour is is pretty pretty chill. Um, part of us having that little stronghold in the in the northeast is we've got places to stay. We've got family. My cousins are in Connecticut. Um, oh, cool. My, you know, we've got to play our drummer, Nathan, who's here. He lives in Philly. So, you know, we've got places where we can stay and sort of be home away from home. Right. Um, yeah. You're not someone's home. It's a checking in home. and out of hotels. And all yeah. That and, um, yeah. I don't mind that. And then but we don't have to do it as much as some bands, which is lucky. You know, if we go to the places where where our family is, you know, yep. like we're we're doing a New Year's run and it's starting in Nashville and I'm just going to be already there for Christmas with my wife. Wonderful. So oh, that's it's, great. It's just like really, we try and make it make it all work out that way. Nice. Um, that's but great. yeah, then um, 
It's 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 fun for it's, me. It's part know? of what we have to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, Stand up is a little bit of like a solitary thing sometimes, where it's right. like you go on the road and you're kind of just kind of. Meanwhile, stuck in when we're on the road, sometimes we want a little solitude, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> and we don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, cramming in a bus and or in a van, and yeah. it's you got to really kind of be yep. a family within. You got to have that good, gets a little good noise can- a canceling headphones. Yes, absolutely, for yeah. sure. Um, with, as with like, do you find yourself being more and more of a Grateful Dead fan as you age in the sense that, you know, a lot of us that are just taken over and madly in love with the dead, it's like, it, it's really like liking five different bands. That's yeah, what I yeah. always talk about. You know, there's like that psychedelic blues and then it yeah, gets to yeah. that Americana and then there's the disco and the, you know, people judge by the keyboard player and who, right, you know, right. Brent years and Keith years. Do you find yourself kind of dipping in and out of different eras still and as I, a student? I do, but I, I I listen to more new music, honestly. Okay. Um, but, you know, in the bands that we're in, we'll have to go back and relearn stuff. And then whatever one I click on to learn whatever song I need to learn um, will be like a really good version. And then I have to listen to that show or, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be something might just strike me and then I listen to it. But I mean, it's, I, I've never done the, the real deep dive, um, even into any of the eras or any of the shows or anything, but I, there's so much of it and every version of every song is different. And that's all really interesting to me and always has been. So I feel like I can dive in whenever I want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not exactly the question you asked, but yeah, I mean, no, yeah, it's, I'm not studying it or anything or like really. Well, you don't know really like, like looking at it from, you know, like you grew up, yeah. you grew up in, in it and it's, and it's, you know, I can imagine it being something where, you know, you don't really want that to be, let's say an identity or something. It's more of like, you're going to do what you want to do and right. you're going to find what you like. And you grew up with, right. you know, and like I said, Weezer. I learned all the songs with not people that weren't the Grateful Dead playing it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, that's cool, too. And I put that in the canon and, you know, Bob, however Bob plays some of these Jerry songs now differently or the same is is interesting to me, too. And learning yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's that this music's always going to be just flowing in and out of me, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, that's good. I don't. Yeah. Are there any other bands within, choice? like, this jam scene that, like, blow you away right now? Or are you... I mean, yeah, I, we meet and hang out with and see all kinds of musicians and bands that, that we're really big fans of. Um, I mean, you just go to any festival, you yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> do you get into like the electronic music? I've, or? I've gotten less into that. Um, but there are bands that dabble in that, that I like, you know, like a lot of these jam bands, like kind of have that electronica vibe or, you know, build on those tenets 